Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. All right. So we're going to continue on our Powerful Connection series today, and we'll see how many... Guys, I had dozens of pages of notes that didn't even see the light of day. So I'm going to maybe rush through a little bit of this because I want to get as much in as I can in this last day. And I know I'm not taking next week. Others have already asked. We're going to give that away. (laughs) All right. So, so far this month, we've talked about how we were created for connection and how we need other people. Say, I need other people. And we've talked about self-awareness because I'm not going to be a great connector with you if I don't know what's happening inside of me. And then Pastor Joel shared on unity, and I love one of the quotes that he said. He said, living together in unity is a foretaste of heaven. And that um, is, is a great quote. But um, I, I love that quote because when we say on earth as it is in heaven, we were taught to pray that way. Um, that doesn't only mean, not, that doesn't only mean um, us being healed physically. Um, what that also looks like is healthy people living healthy lives in healthy community. And so um, it is a foretaste of heaven. Jonathan David Helser um, has a quote. He says, the more heaven comes to earth, the more earth will look like family. And so I just, just, just good stuff. We can't go there. So, and then we talked about vulnerability last week and that it's courageous and that um, even though it isn't safe, it's good. Um, and so today we're going to keep talking about vulnerability. We're going to add some other aspects in of what that actually looks like. So are you guys ready? Ready to be vulnerable? Nobody's ready. That's, I, I don't blame you. It's okay. Because the definition of vulnerability is the state of being exposed to the possibility of attack or harm. So, you know, you're, you're not wrong for not volunteering. So it's, vulnerability is scary. It's not a safe place. It's actually opening yourself up to the possibility of being harmed, uh, either physically or emotionally. So we don't like that because it's not safe. Um, But the thing is, you can't actually love without vulnerability. And that's the crux of everything is love. We were called, we were commanded to love the Lord our God with all our heart, souls, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Everything is love. Everything Jesus did, everything God did, he is love. So if that's the case, then we have to kind of get to know what it means like, what, what it means like, what it looks like to be vulnerable because we can't access love without vulnerability. Um, C.S. Lewis says, there is no safe investment. To love at all is to be vulnerable. No relationship will grow and strengthen without taking the risk of being vulnerable. So I'm just, this is review of last week, if, you, if it sounds familiar. If it doesn't, I forgive you. Um, <laughs> But so Second uh, Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So that means God has equipped us for what we need to be vulnerable. Um, and courage is the ability to do something that scares you, which is just, isn't that funny? Vulnerability is very scary. And then he says, be strong and courageous. And courage means I gave you what you need to do the scary stuff. So say, I can do scary things. things. 
All right. So vulnerability is being seen. It's being seen for the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's the scary part because how many of you just are just wish that, how many of you wish you were farther along in some areas? Yes. We all are feeling like we're still a work in progress, right? Because we are. So, um, but we like to think that we're being authentic. Like we're living real, true, you know, you know, I love you. I'm vulnerable with you. We like to think that that's the way that we live. Um, but I'm going to prove to you vulnerably that we don't always do such a great job at this um, because we like to think that we're doing that. We're, we're, I'm, I'm totally transparent. Ask me anything. Totally authentic with you right now, right? That's the way we like to think that we are. But um, go ahead and show that first picture. So this is my profile picture on Facebook, Instagram. This is my social media. You know, fine. You know, windblown, whatever. But that's the picture that I decided I want the world to see. Because that's me. That's real, right? No fil hashtag no filter. Like, that's real. There might even be a filter on that. I don't know. But in the beautiful lakeside of Canada, that's totally real. I, that every day I look like that. Right? So that's the image that I want the world to see, right? And so the image that, I, that the world doesn't get to see, and you guys are family, so you're going to get to see something scary right now. <laughs> Cover Facebook. No. So go ahead. <laughs> so that is my morning glory. So I'm being vulnerable right now, right? Because I don't even like taking the trash out without my makeup on. So... We'd like to, <laughs> Danielle, <laughs> she sees my morning glory every day. So we like to think that we're being vulnerable, right? We're being authentic with the world. But actually, most of the time, we're still liking that, that chosen, filtered, specific part of us that we want the world to see. You can take, okay, good, that away. <laughs> okay. So vulnerability means taking off the masks that I wear to protect myself and letting you see the deeper, more true parts of me. So vulnerability means you get to see my morning glory, not my, after all, I've, I've made sure that what I am showing you is what I want you to see. Vulnerability means you get to see the deeper parts of me before I've brushed my teeth. You know? So... The goal of vulnerability is connection, not self-protection. This is a risk, but a courageous one that sets us free and fuels the connection that we need and were created for. So practicing vulnerability tears down the self-protective walls and reminds me that I'm a human and you're a human. That kind of makes it less scary if we can think about it like that. I'm a human and you're a human. Every day you wake up in your own morning glory. Every day you have to brush your own teeth. We don't always look the way we, you know, pretend that we do all the time in front of people. So it's vulnerability is allowing you to see that I am a thinking, feeling, choosy, choosing, messy human being just like you. Did you ever have somebody that you held in such high regard, you kind of in your mind just kind of had them on a pedestal like, man, if I could only get to that level of where they are. And then you're around that person or you hear something about that person and you realize that the person that you had held way up here 
is actually also a human being just like you? Because we do that. We, we pretend that, that somebody's way up here and we take away their humanity, which is not. We're all human. So if, I, if we can fix our thinking to, okay, I'm a human, you're a human, it makes it a lot easier to start taking off some of those masks, some of those filters, some of those things that we don't want other people to see. And it's like, oh, okay, okay, you're kind of a mess too. <laughs> so it's okay. So it should take some of the pressure off. It allows us to tell our story and to hear someone else's story. Yes. And um, if you notice... We really connect to story because that's why we watch movies. That's why we read books. That's why in great public speakers, when you leave, they could have spoken for an hour. What you're going to remember is the story that they told because we connect with story and we all have a story. And so if I'm standing up in front of you and trying to be perfect, you're not hearing my story. But if I let you hear my story of who I actually am, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you the same, we're connecting in a way. We would never connect with just a resume. This is what I do. This is my name. This is how, like, that kind of thing. But if I actually let you in and let you hear my story, then we're going to be able to connect on a level we never would have just with information alone. So are we ready to get practical? Because this all sounds great, right? No? Okay. So, um, so it, it sounds great in theory, but, but who's actually going to do that? Is anybody else brave enough to put their picture up there? I'll make a, a slideshow for next week if you want to. <laughs> Some of you are like, well, I look way better than that, so we're fine. No. So none of us like to feel unsafe. So we don't put ourselves in situations that are going to make us feel unsafe. So as an example, to me, if, so if, I, if we perceive a threat, that means unsafe. I'm going to do something to protect myself. I don't like, I'm not a sports person. I don't know how to sports. So to me, if an object is flying towards me, that is a threat. And I'm not going to kick it. I'm not going to catch it. I'm not going to throw it back to you. I'm going to run away or dodge it. So... I don't do sports because the, the point, yeah, that's stupid. No, that's dumb. Dodgeball is from the enemy. So when we feel unsafe, we, we duck, we dodge, we run away, right? So, um, so what I do is never put myself in a situation where I would need to play a sport. You will not find me. Like, we don't do field day. We do game night. So... So we have to learn how to put ourselves in vulnerable situations because it will grow us. And now I just gave you, you're all going to want a field day now, but we're not going to do that. Okay. So what we have to do practically first, first and foremost, is give our, our heart permission to feel and to heal because feelings can feel very unsafe. They can feel, oh, it's already, they can feel really um, intimidating. They can feel really negative. We don't want to feel our pain. We don't want to feel what has happened to us in the past. We don't want to risk what might happen in the future. And so we have to actually give our heart permission to feel because you can shut down feelings. You can, but you can only shut them all down. You can't selectively say, okay, I'm not going to feel pain, but I'm going to feel joy. If you shut down pain, you also shut down joy. So we actually have to give ourselves permission to feel and then trust that God is who he says he is and that he's the healer of the brokenhearted. 
He says that he is close to those whose hearts have been crushed by pain. So we actually have to take a risk because vulnerability is risky. It's, um, trust requires vulnerability. So we have to say, okay, I don't like this. This does not feel safe. God, you said that I'm safe in your arms. I'm safe in your presence. So I'm going to take a risk and say before God, I give my heart permission to feel. So I'm not going to have you say it because I think it's actually personal. And if you don't want to do that, then I can't push you into it. But if if you feel like this is something that God is pulling you into, um, something to do is just to say, God, I give myself, and actually speak to your heart. Say, heart, I give you permission to feel, and I give you permission to heal those places that have been hurt. And so um, you, can all, you can do that at your own will. Um, so, okay, so that's the heavy one. <laughs> then um, we also can start taking small risks. And so, like I said, Trust is vulnerable. So we have to first extend a little bit of trust. If you remember Dr. Melody's trust bowl, um, this might help you. I can't do it this morning. But um, we have to actually extend trust to someone. We have to extend something to them to see what they're going to do with it. So sometimes we'd rather just stay safe and not give anybody any access to anything because then we can keep ourselves safe. But if I can start extending a little bit and see what happens... Then, then slowly I'm going to be able to, my heart's going to be, begin to gradually begin to not only heal, um, but it's going to begin to expand to where you're going to be able to let yourself be seen in new depths and new levels. So do this um, in small ways. Do this with safe people. Test the waters with safe people. So what is a safe person? It's someone who has proven themselves as trustworthy and who has your best interest in mind. Those are the people to, are great to start this with. So go to somebody who um, knows you and you trust that they're not going to uh, misuse whatever you give them and test it out that way. Um, here is a huge helper. This to me is like paramount. It's huge. I don't have it up there, so you just have to listen. Um, a huge helper in being vulnerable is to tell the person what you're doing before you do it. That in itself is vulnerable. Just you saying, I'm being, being vulnerable right now, is a vulnerable act. But when you start that, it, that way, you've immediately connected with them because they're saying, oh, okay, you're being vulnerable. I need to take this seriously. They're trusting themselves with me. So just by me saying, I, hey, I just want to let you know, I don't feel comfortable with this, but I feel like it's important for our connection, for our relationship, and then lead into whatever you're going to say to them. That, just doing that, it like, like, okay. It really, really helps take some of the scary edge off of it. Just to say, you know, I, I don't love being vulnerable, but I feel like this is important. Just saying it out loud, just prefacing it before you say anything else. Um, this also prepares the other person to know how to respond. Because if your spouse or anybody is sitting in the living room watching TV and you come in and you sit down and you're ready to spill your heart, but they don't know what's happening, you're really setting yourself up for a mess. So if they're just watching the game and you come in and you're like, honey, I just, I just really, I would like to talk to you right now. It's just really important to me. They don't, their focus was on the game. Like, don't do that. So time it out. Say, okay, let's, let's make sure this is a good moment. And then say, 
hey, is now a good time to talk? Can I, you know, I just want to share something with you. This is hard for me. I'm not comfortable doing this, but I just, I just need to do it. It kind of like just, you know, allows this to be a better exchange, a better um, interaction. It's also safer. We don't want to any, break out any arguments. So, um, also, when I'm doing, I'm saying these things, not every um, act of vulnerability has to be so deep and so serious. But when it is, when you're getting into those, because a good test to say, am I being vulnerable? Is it a risk? If it's not a risk, you're probably not pushing yourself as much as you could be. Okay. So you don't have to dive in all at once. So start by opening up a little bit and sharing what's happening inside of you. A good thing to do is to start with the good things. Start with the positive things. So share a dream that you have of something that you would love to do. For some of this, this is hard to do because maybe somebody has smashed your dream in the past. And so you've just decided it's safer locked away inside. I don't want to talk about this because of my past experience. Um, so, but you can just start to, to kind of hint at, at that, like, hey, this is a dream that I have. And again, you can just preface it with saying, hey, you know, I don't like to talk about this a lot because uh, of how people have reacted in the past, um, but I just wanted to let you know this because it's an important part of my life. So you see how just by saying it that way um, really helps you to connect with a person from the get-go um, rather than just going right at it. Are you following me? Okay, all right, I know it's, it's a little heavier today. You can share what you're passionate about. That's a great way to be vulnerable with somebody. Sports are good for this. You can connect with people through sports. Like, you don't have to know the person at all, but you wear the same hat, team hat in the store, you've got an instant connection, right? So that's an easier one, to share what you're passionate about. It just gets you in the practice, in the habit of talking about things in a, a connected, vulnerable way. That's a safe one. That's an easy one. Um, you can share a time in your life where you felt the best. You can share what's fun to you. You can share something that you struggled with in the past but have overcome. And you can share what God is doing in your life. These are all vulnerable things that you can start with, start sharing. And then if you feel like you're at the place where you want to get deeper, if you, wanna, if you feel like you need, um, your connection is struggling because of something in that relationship and you need to talk about that with another person, so what you're struggling with in your life, what is hurting you, um, whether that is within just you or whether it's within the connection both ways. Um, so, so you start small and you work up to it, but just always think, you know, am I taking a risk to grow uh, in vulnerability and connection? Because we can't love without being vulnerable. All right, so the key is to actively be creating space for sharing what's in your heart, whether it's your struggles, your dreams, or your passions. This takes intentionality to go beyond the surface. Not every conversation has to be this deep. We do need our light, fun, surface connections. There's nothing wrong with that. So just so we are clear on that. We don't have to be deep with everyone. We don't have to be deep all the time. But challenge yourself to have moments to where you're pushing yourself into deeper connection. All right. Now, communication. Because vulnerability requires communication or has a lot to do with communication. Now we're going to get into some really, really practical things. So say really, really practical. All right. Okay. It feels super heavy in here. I don't know, but we'll just keep going. All right. So 
Because we want to hinder or because we want to keep ourselves safe, we often form little habits of self-protection that hinder our connection with the people in our lives because vulnerability scares us. So this affects how we communicate. So we like create habits in our communication um, to keep us safe, to not be vulnerable. So um, Dan Fairley says we are communication machines. We cannot not communicate. We're communicating all the time. So how many of you would say that a relationship was really close if there's never any communication? No. Okay, I'll answer for you. All right. So let me give you some examples of non-vulnerable connection killer communication. Okay, so some examples would be, man, you know, it would be so nice if somebody else who lived in this house could take out the trash. I just, I just wish there was somebody who could do that, who also lived in this house. All right, another one would be, oh, don't, don't worry about it. It's totally fine that, that the car was on empty. I just actually was hoping I could get to go to the gas station at 5 a.m. I was just hoping, because there's so many people, and you know I, I love people, so thank you. Do you hear a tone? Okay. Um, another example would be, why do you always have to be on your computer? You're, you're such a workaholic. You're addicted to that thing. Okay. Or sometimes somebody did something that affected you, bothered you, and you're just not going to communicate at all. And so you just avoid them completely, not talk to them, one word answers, and then you just let them figure out what's wrong inside of you. <laughs> all right. So those are some examples of not vulnerable communication. But do you see how like we do these things? Our communication styles that are just habits that we just have that keep us from actually addressing the issue that's going on below beneath the surface. So um, they're not growing your connection, none of those ways. So passive aggression is not vulnerable. Aggression is not vulnerable. Sarcasm is not vulnerable. I know some it's a love language, but it is not vulnerable. Avoidance is not vulnerable. Withdrawal is not vulnerable, and the silent treatment is not vulnerable. So powerful communication is direct, responsible, and vulnerable. So these are some examples of powerful, vulnerable communication. Hey, I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now, and I just I need your help. Could you take on the trash for me? Could you, could you just help? Now, don't just say, I need help, and then leave. Be specific. Be responsible about your communication. I need you to help me with the garbage. It's important to me. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Can you do that? Okay. Now, there's a lot that can continue to happen with these things, but I'm just giving you the inroads of the styles of communication. All right, so another, um, another way to say that was, I was really frustrated when you left the car on empty last night. I had to stop for gas, which meant I got stuck in traffic, which meant I was rushing to get to work. Can we just, can we make an agreement that we're, either one of us, if the tank is getting, is below a quarter tank, we're going to fill it up. So do you see how the first one was like, it didn't bother me, totally fine, even though you're giving off vibes that nothing is fine about this, but you didn't say it. So that's not vulnerable, it's not powerful, it's not responsible communication. The responsible, powerful, vulnerable way to communicate it is saying, this upset me, communicating what it actually made you feel, because this, this was the problem. This, 
you left the tank on empty. That was the problem. Can, how can we come up with solution? So you're expressing what you're feeling because of a specific scenario. Don't keep it general. Don't keep it broad. Keep the, main, the, the point. I feel this because of this. How can we fix this? How can we come back into connection? Okay. Um, with the computer one of somebody saying you're a workaholic. Um, you could just say, or because you're also going to have to realize this first. Quality time is important to me. And when we're in the same room, but you're on your computer all the time, I don't feel, I'm struggling to feel connected to you. They might have no idea that that's having that effect on you until you actually tell them. So because it's bothering me, I could just say, you're such a workaholic and start name calling. Or I could say, oh, I actually miss you and I don't feel connected. And just telling them that, they could say, oh, I didn't realize. And then, you know, maybe they'll give you a half, half hour break of their screen time, whatever it is. So the bottom line is being honest with what is happening inside of you and res responsibly communicating it to the other person. So you're not blaming, you're not attacking, and you're not skirting around the issue. So you say, I feel this when this happened. How can we resolve this? How can we connect again? So it's clear, it's direct, it's vulnerable, and it's powerful. Ephesians 4, 14 through 16 says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So when we are real with each other and allow ourselves to be seen and known rather than putting on the mask, then we're growing together in a powerful way. We're not acting like infants, doing things in a non-powerful, non-vulnerable way. We're speaking the truth in love. All right. So communication is such a huge topic, guys. I could, this is like a lot. So I'm trying to cram some nuggets in here for you. So it might be a little bit, you want more, but there's lots of there's lots of resources out there. So I'm going to move on. Are we okay with that? Okay. All right. So another connection killer habit that we form. So do you notice how the communication, those are just habits that we form. We don't think about what we're doing. We just do it. We don't address the situation. We just create a way to move past it. So another habit that we form is we fall into assumption. You may have heard me say this before, and I will say it again. Expression is more powerful than assumption. So a lot of times we assume somebody else's motives. We do this all the time, actually, all the time. Say, I cannot judge another person's motives. Okay, you don't know what's happening inside of anybody else. Just accept it. You don't know. So anytime that we assume that we do, we're going to cause problems in our connection. So we do this constantly. They did this. That means this. It might not at all mean that. But we think that it does. This happens all the time. Ooh, that person liked that post on social media. That must mean they're a liberal. <laughs> you don't know they might have accidentally hit something. You have no idea the motive of their heart, what's going on in their head. You have no clue. But we do it all the time. We just assume, we know, that when somebody does something, that means something. No. 
if we can stop that habit, it's going to help us be such better connectors just in general with the people in our lives. So um, when we are open and choose to ask questions and learn where a person is coming from, we're putting down our guard and we're choosing connection over possible separation over something that may have been nothing. So a lot of times you can just stop um, a conflict or you can stop that potential separation just by asking and say, hey, when this happened, can you just tell me where you're coming from? I just didn't quite understand. And rather than assuming their motives, you just squash it right there because you were vulnerable enough to ask, I didn't understand this. Could you explain this? Help me connect to your story right now because I only know mine and the way that I saw it was this way. How did you see it? You know, what did this look like for you? That is an instant connector rather than assuming because you are all knowing <laughs> that you know why someone else is doing what they're doing. So another um, way that assumption takes form is we often assume that the people in our lives are going to just know what we're feeling and thinking and why. We just, just assume they're going to know. So um, an example would be someone saying, I'm just going to be really quiet today, and they're going to get the vibes. They're going to get that I'm angry, and they'll know why. Now, it sounds crazy, but, like, I've done that. Like, oh, I'm just, they'll know. They have to know. They will know. Here's a news flash. They don't know. <laughs> they have no idea. They don't know. They may just think you're having a bad day, so they're going to leave you alone. They don't know. Another one would be, oh, she washed my lucky socks on purpose because she didn't want me to watch the game. And she knows I can't watch the game without my lucky socks. So you just assumed the motive of the wife or whoever. Guess what? She didn't even know there was a game on. Like she, had, she was just doing laundry. Like she did not know. You can just, by removing assumption, we can remove so much of this conflict. And instead, being vulnerable, being powerful, we can say, this is what's happening. This is how I'm feeling. How can we fix this? We're saying, when you did this, I just didn't understand why you did it. Could you explain it to me? Tone is important. You can say this correctly in a wrong tone, and it is not correct. So we have to do it in a powerful way. We're staying responsible in our communication. Um, but vulnerability kills the trap of assumption. All right, so those are just some quick um, habits that we can click into real quick with um, not being vulnerable, not being powerful. So like I said, I can't cover them all because I just don't have time. But so we're going to keep moving on. You ready to move on? So we've got communication. We talked about assumption. Um, we're going to go into feedback. Another aspect of vulnerability is allowing someone else to see the deeper parts of your life and to give you feedback. So if you are going to allow yourself to see you for the good, the bad, and the ugly, that also means that you're giving them permission to call you out on your stuff. So if you're really being vulnerable with someone and you're letting them see you, that also means if you really want to grow that connection, you're giving them permission to speak into your life in the parts that aren't so pretty. So... Um, it's also good if you want that, if you want that depth of relationship to say, hey, I trust you. Our connection is important to me. Our relationship is proven. 
I just want to give you permission. If, if you see something in my life, go ahead and speak into it because I want to grow our connection. So um, this can be hard to do because who likes being called out on their stuff? No. So it also takes practice in the other side. So the first time might not go so well. But you got to know that if that person loves you, they're only speaking, they're only pulling out the things in you that are, that are hurting you and that are hurting um, your relationship with those around you. All right. So we all need people in our lives who can call us on our ugly. The goal is not perfect people. The goal is healthy people. The goal is connection where love flows both ways and isn't motivated by fear. 1 John 4, 17 through 19 says, This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. So, I know that was a lot of sporadic today, but hopefully you grabbed a nugget that will help you to be vulnerable, powerful connectors, communicators. So to bring it all back full circle is we're removing fear because where there's perfect love, it removes the fear of punishment, it removes the fear of torment, it removes the fear of vulnerability and connection, it removes that fear that would say, well, I can't be seen because they're all high and mighty, but we all have a morning glory. Remember, we're all humans. So it removes that fear of what could be um, in, a, in a risk of what should be, and it's that, that um, being known, being seen, being connected uh, with the people in our lives that that God has put around us, like we're surrounded by good people in this place. So you can practice here, and you can practice out there, but practice, that's the biggest thing. So to bring it all full circle, we were created to love because he loved, because he first loved us. So we were created for connection, to be seen and be known by God and by family. So anything that would hinder that connection, anything that would hinder us from loving him first and loving our neighbor as ourselves is something that hurts the heart of God, and he wants us to be free from that. I love the verse in um, 1 Corinthians 13, 12. It says, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then we will see him face to face. We'll be known even as we are known, um, or we'll know even as we're known. Um, that, that verse is just important to me because it means I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. So we're all working towards this. We're all growing into full maturity. We're all growing in love and what that looks like and how, um, that, how that looks in connection, relationship with other people. Um, it is something we have to practice. It is something we have to be intentional about as we heal and grow in God and life. Um, but ultimately, the more I know him, the less I'll be afraid of other people knowing me. So it does. This, was, this whole month was very, very practical. Lots of like... Some of you might say, why are you talking about this in church? Like, because it is important and because it's important to God. But first and foremost, it will always and forever be him. <laughs> it's always God. He loved us first. That's why we can love. He came and died for us. He removed shame. He broke off fear. All of that goes back to him. So the more I know him, the more I'll be better at this. The more I love him first, the more I'll be able to love my neighbor as myself. There's a reason they're in that order. So the more that I can say, okay, the more I can know my identity, the more I can know who I am in him, know who he created me to be, the more this stuff 
is just going to happen because we're getting healthy and we're getting healed. And so now I can love you better because I understand that I am loved in a better way. Like, my understanding is better. So are we ready for some homework? Okay. There's a lot of things today you could apply. So don't try not to assume. That's a good one. But the actual homework that I have, you can go ahead and put it up there. Number one. Now, I've been putting easy and advanced versions. Notice I just put number one and number two. That means you don't have to choose just one. You can do both. So the first one is to be mindful of your communication and whether you are speaking the truth in love or if you're self-protecting by speaking in non-direct, non-responsible, non-vulnerable ways. So I gave examples of those things today. When you're communicating, are you actually saying what's happening inside of you or are you masking it to try to you know, appear more powerful or whatever? So be um, direct in your communication. Be responsible in your communication. To me, that's a good word for it, to be responsible in your communication. Um, and the other one, number two, is this week be intentional, intentional about creating an opportunity for a deeper-than-surface-level conversation where you have to take a risk of vulnerability. That is going to look different for every person. Some will be a very deep conversation. Some will just be talking about something other than the weather, like... It could be wherever you are. One thing is, um, it would not be kind for me to just come to your house because I want to get to know you and knock down your door and say, hey, I'm here to get to know you. That would not be respectful, honorable. That would not be kind. But if I went to your door and I knocked on the door and you answered the door and you, and you said, hey, I'd just really like to get to know you. And they let you come into your house and sit down on their couch and you started to talk, that is going to build a beautiful connection. And it could go as deep as it goes. But so there also is, like, just because you're working on this, you can't expect that everyone out there is also working on this. Like, you, also ha- you always have to carry um, an honor about this of saying, okay, let me see where they're at. Let me not go plow down their door. They might not be ready for this. So there's also that mutual um, honor, respect that has to be there. Um, but don't use that as an excuse either. You still have to take the risks of being vulnerable. So, Father, we just thank you for all that you are. God, thank you that you are the model for all of this. God, you are perfect love yourself. God, and you came and you put flesh on and you um, said nothing that we experience is foreign to you. So, Father, I just thank you, God, that you are the one um, who helps us, who teaches us, and you gave us the Holy Spirit who is our helper and who is our counselor. So, Father, I just thank you for each one in this room, God, that the Holy Spirit is even uh, alive inside of each one. Father, as that helper, as that gentle nudge in your kindness to help us to be better connectors to be more vulnerable, um, not just for the sake of being vulnerable, but for the sake of being seen and known as we were always intended to be. And so, Father, I just thank you for the courage in each one. God, that this is a courageous group of people. Father, that this is a loved group of people. And I just even speak over this house that this is a safe place. This is a safe place to grow. This is a safe place um, to learn and to be human. And so, Father, I just thank you for that grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we have the healing teams come up, please?